0: Hey, it's Jen, and welcome back to our community. This podcast is where we're getting real about wellness rituals, life-changing habits, and having relatable conversations with friends about mental health, social media, morning routines, or lack thereof, and we're talking about that thing that you thought no one else could relate to. Let's get into it. Hello everyone. Welcome back to our community. I'm so excited about this episode because it was me literally two days. Yeah. The Thursday before my half marathon, my half marathon was this past Saturday. So this was recorded just on Thursday, two days before the half. I did my half on Saturday and then now obviously it's Tuesday or Whatever day you're listening to this. So really current. And we're gonna be talking all things running. So let's just start there with what's in alignment for me this week. And that's that I finally did the half marathon. And I honestly don't think it's hitting me yet. I think because Ethan's marathon was the next day and that was all consuming as well. And I'm so freaking excited for him. I feel like it was such a big erdeal and not in a negative way. Like it just the way he did a three hour marathon, like just everything about it is a bigger deal. And so I think it honestly was beneficial in that it lessened my nerves a little bit. Like, I don't know. It felt like the weekend wasn't all that we weren't traveling for me. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like it kind of softened what I was doing and like comparing it to what he was doing actually helped, even though I know, of course, it's still a huge feat but being able to be like, oh, it's just a half of what they're all doing tomorrow just made me feel like it's not that hard. I don't know. It made me feel a little better about the scenario. And I don't know, it worked because I did the damn thing. And I'm so proud of myself. And every time I think about where we started, I literally have one of my first runs, which is just one mile pinned on TikTok. It was in May. And thinking back to then, It's just so cool to be like, oh, I actually did it. And I didn't even stop the entire time. I literally ran through a cramp or a couple of cramps. And I'm just really proud of myself. And I can do a whole other episode on not only everything I learned, but just like everything that I feel like I did really well. I love that I gave myself so much time to kind of get used to running before I even trained for the half marathon. I feel like I let myself become a capable runner. And then I trained for a half marathon. And I think that's a big thing that really helped me because I was hurting a lot in the beginning. There was a lot of things that kind of went wrong. I was, my body was adjusting and I think I'm just happy I had that buffer time before I even decided to sign up for a half marathon, even though it was in the back of my head. So I can dive deeper into that if you want, just DM me, let me know. I would love to do a full debrief on the entire half marathon and also Ethan's marathon. A lot of things went wrong and went right for him. So I think this week over break, I'm going to try to sit down. Ethan and I have to do a full proposal story debrief. And then also I think a, a race weekend recap debrief because I put a poll on Instagram and you guys said you wanted that. So I'm going to try to get him twice to do two separate solo episodes with him. So just just know that. <laughs> but let's get into what's out of alignment. Honestly, I am fearing this Come down, so to speak. I feel like I've been riding such a high from the proposal to race weekend and just feeling such high highs and such incredible weekends like some of the best weekends of my entire life. And I'm almost feeling this pending feeling that I've never really thought of before of, okay, when's the other shoe gonna drop? Like, oh, this means things are going downhill from here. And that's like a really awful thing to think. So, like, I catch myself in the spiral, I'm self aware, but. I also think just like with the holidays coming up, I want to make some TikToks about this and whatnot. But honestly, guys, like it's really hard when your family in such an amazing way watches and listens everything you talk about online because you don't want them to ever, if you ever do want to open up about something family related with the intentions of like, oh, everyone always acts like family and everything's perfect online, it would be nice to express this because Not only would it help other people feel like less alone, but it would help me feel a little less alone in that like, oh, you know, we all have our shit. Our families all have our shit. But sometimes it's like you don't want to open up too much because I know people in my family might be like, oh, I saw this TikTok. Was this about me? And it's just like fucking annoying, to be honest. I'm not going to like say too much because it's really annoying. But (laughs) I think the general this the point is this isn't about anyone or anything specifically it's a general feeling of like, ugh, the family, the holidays are coming up and you see all these people with their perfect Instagrams and their perfect Thanksgivings and their perfect this and their perfect that. And it just like makes you feel inferior, even though deep down, you know, or hopefully, you know, if you don't, this is your reminder that like every family has their shit. But, you know, sometimes it can just feel a little bit like annoying seeing everyone in their perfect fucking families and like, I have it really, really good. I'm not saying anything about mine. I'm just, this time of year is like a little annoying to me. And you start comparing your family situation to other people's family situations. And it's just like a weird thing on social media that I hate. So I'm going to try to talk about that a little bit more on TikTok so people feel less alone without anyone in my family thinking I'm talking about them because I'm not. (laughs) Just a weird thing. Balance you gotta juggle with, but let's breathe in what's in, in alignment for us this week and breathe out what's out of alignment for this week. And just know if you're feeling any bit of that, you're not alone. And let's get into this week's episode. So, her name is Lizzie Pepper, and she is a Road Runners Club of America certified run coach, and she has experience coaching runners for 5K to half marathon distances. She has run the Philadelphia Half Marathon where she ran her best time and she spectated the race a bunch of times as well, which is where Ethan and I just did our races. And we're going to kick off the episode with all things how to start running, how to make running sustainable, finding the joy in running, training for your first race, preventing injury, all that type of stuff. And then we're going to get into race day tips how to handle race day with your mindset, how to prep for it, how to start introducing goos and fuels into your training, getting more into the nitty gritty of it. And so if you're someone who is interested in starting your running journey, this is an amazing episode for you. If you're someone who's also already started it alongside me, amazing episode for you as well. So I hope you enjoy it. And we have a bunch of like really exciting promo codes and giveaways for you. So let's get into that. Her website is peppysteps.com I'll put it in the description below. When you fill out the training interest form, if you mention that you came from my podcast, Dare to Self-Care, you will get 25% off your first three months of one-on-one virtual coaching. That is amazing. If you want a one-on-one personalized virtual run coach, you will get 25% off for your first three months. If you mention you came from this podcast, that is huge. And then she's also so generous doing a giveaway with me. So this is even crazier. She's giving away three free months of one-on-one virtual run coaching to one of you guys, one lucky winner. So we're going to do, you know how I post those like compilation trailers for new episodes. I'm going to, when I get that up, post that, collaborate the post with her. And how you can enter is you're just going to have to follow both of our accounts like the post, and just leave a comment sharing your next running goal. So whether that's even just like dipping your toe in, signing up for a race, whatever it is, type your next running goal in the comments of that post. It'll be a trailer reel of all the highlights from this episode, and you will potentially win three free months of one-on-one virtual run coaching. And I am just going to throw in, if you do – also review this podcast if you have not yet. I will throw in a bonus entry when I plug all your names in for this giveaway for when I like randomize the winner. And if you've already reviewed my podcast, just send me a screenshot and I'll do it that way and I'll double your entry. So, that is an incredible giveaway and I can't wait to see which one of you guys wins it and maybe this will really kickstart your journey of running or ramp it up. So, I'm really excited to see who takes that on. Whenever I sign up for my next race, I'm going to be doing virtual run coaching with her as well. So we can go through it together. Hope you love this episode and DM me. I love you. Bye.
1: Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness more than just melatonin all these ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off sleep is on the way at ollie.com that's o-l-l-y.com does monday at the office feel like a storm not with microsoft copilot that feeling when copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly it's sunny again
0: Lizzie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much,
1: Jen. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I'm so excited. So, for everyone listening, Lizzie is a run coach and she had reached out to me basically saying, like, I would love to give you a pep talk, like, motivational little Zoom call before your race this weekend. And I was like, let's just do it live on the podcast. So, I don't know if we want to start there or start with the a million questions I have for everyone else. Maybe we start with like, the intro to running questions that I have for you, and then we'll yeah. go my
1: little session. Sounds good. And first of all, I do want to say congrats on the engagement. And it's so exciting that your race is kind of capping off this exciting week. So that'll be the grand finale.
0: No, this is like the best week of my life. So I'm yeah. doing my first half ever. And then the day after is my fiance's full marathon. So we have like a double whammy,
1: <laughs> and so nice that you can cheer
0: him on afterwards as well. Totally, I'm so happy I go first. Get it over with. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so let's start with anyone who's listening. That's like I'm inspired by whether they're watching my running journey or just anyone. i like, I feel like run talk is a thing right now, and people are getting yeah. really inspired. So. I'm going to start with like the absolute basics since you are a running coach. Do you, if someone comes to you, and I don't know if they do come to you at this level, but does anyone ever come to you and say, like, I want to start running and I don't know how or where to start? So, like, I want to sign up with a run coach? Is that a thing? Yeah,
1: definitely. And I will say, I in particular love working with beginners just to help people really find that love of running. Um, And I think a lot of people come into it they've been to a race, they've cheered for someone, maybe they want to do their first 5k or even longer. So that can often be a motivating goal where they want to work with a coach to be able to do that race distance. But I think it doesn't have to be that either It can just be I want to enjoy running as a part of my weekly routine. Um, So I think in terms of tips for getting started, I know a lot of people will just say, just get out there and run. And it seems like, okay, but if I'm At step zero, like, how do I even get to step one? Um, So I think it's finding comfortable gear you have and picking a route you're familiar with. So a lot of people that will be around their neighborhood or maybe a local trail or something like that. And I always tell people, go slower than you think and walk as often as you want. Those are the two things I would say at the beginning. Don't worry about pace, don't worry about specific distance. Um, If you want to track it in some way, maybe use overall time. So if you know you can already walk for 10, 15, 20 minutes, have your goal be to go out for a run of that distance, but walk as much as you want. So you know you can walk that. So even if you run one minute of the 20 minutes and walk 19 minutes, you know you can get through that. And you've just gone for your first run.
0: I love that because something I learned, well, because first of all, I just want to say I love the apps. Like I started with Couch to 5K at the very beginning. And that app is amazing because you're walking for most of that plan. Mm -hmm. The apps are amazing because the Couch to 5K app, you're walking for like half of it. So it's a lot of intervals. So it's Mm -hmm. like walk and run. And that's an amazing, not intimidating way to start. And that's where I started even with my beginner's run club. We were doing like intervals. And then once I felt like, okay, I can run over a mile straight, which is like crazy looking at how far I've come since then, but that yeah. was only like six months ago, not even, oh and God. maybe five, and then I kind of graduated and discovered the Nike Run Club app, and that's where I did the half marathon plan on there, and I, mm-hmm. what I learned through that, which was like when I really started like running, like going for runs without stopping and just like kind of graduating a little bit, longer distances. That's when Coach Bennett was in my ear saying, go slower than you think, go slower than you think, go really slow. You should be able to talk right now. And I would literally do the talk test. And I think the biggest misconception, and you tell me if like you feel the same with people who come to you, is that running is sprinting. Mm -hmm. And so I would always say I can't run a mile because I was out of breath at the end of the mile. But when you slow it down so much, where you're not even, where you're barely jogging and you're kind of just like lightly moving, it's like a little walk jog situation, like faster than a walk, a light jog. And you realize that that is running. And that's how you can get started, just kind of like achieving distances, like two miles, three miles by going super slow. It gives you a lot of confidence. And then what I found is over time, the speed just picks up as your body adjusts and is like, oh, okay, we're doing
1: this. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. I think a lot of people have experienced running through other sports when it was sprinting based. So I definitely understand why people have that thought process. And I think the way to make it more enjoyable is to really slow it down, allow yourself to walk and Also, don't go into it with a certain pace you have to keep in your head. I think a lot of people go into running, they just kind of pick a number of what they think their pace should be. And I think when you're first starting out, just leave that all behind. Let your body find its natural pace and also celebrate each milestone, like getting to your first mile nonstop or even smaller than that, running five minutes at a time. Like that is incredible when you're coming from a point of not being able to do that before. So definitely celebrate yourself as well.
0: I love that. And I think just as like a little tip of motivation, what I've learned from my new running journey is it actually gets more, the runs get more fun, the longer the distance, in my opinion. And because one, your body's getting used to it. We all like to do things we're good at. We don't love it in the beginning. (laughs) We're horrible at it. But you're able to control your breath more. And the longer distances, I find actually more fun because everyone's first mile is the hardest, which I didn't realize. And my boyfriend would always, oh, fiance would always say to <laughs> me that every, he's like, you don't get into a flow until like five or six miles. And it would always blow my mind. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, But yeah. in <laughs> my first like six, seven, eight mile run up until 10, is when I realized, wait, you're so right. The first five miles, you're just trying to get through. And then your body kind of like is like, okay, we're doing this. And it's almost like muscle memory and your body's just going and you get in this flow and you enjoy the music and everything is just more fun. So kind of let that be motivation because I remember when I started my journey it was more, I was finding the later weeks of the training plan to be intimidating, Mm -hmm. but as went on, it almost felt like it was getting easier instead of more scary.
1: That's great. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. A lot of times you'll find your flow and settle into the run, but definitely anyone listening to this, I don't want them to be intimidated. Like I don't want to have to run five miles to feel no, good. No, no. So, I'm good. About you're
0: yeah. Training for like a half marathon and you're intimidated yes. like I was, just know it gets more fun, not more scary.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And I think there are lots of ways to make it fun along the way, like finding routes you really like, as you mentioned, a playlist or a podcast, or there's something you really want to run to as your destination. Like, there are lots of ways to make it more enjoyable along the way. But completely agree. A lot of times that first mile, the first few miles, they're going to feel the worst. And then you'll find that rhythm that helps the rest of the run be enjoyable.
0: Totally. And I'm curious. So do most people come to you because they have a certain pace in mind because they're running their first half? Like why would someone, if if someone's listening and they're thinking about hiring a run coach, like what does a run coach provide
1: and who should not should be going to one, but who can go to one? So the easy answer is anyone can work with a run coach. And that's definitely something I like to set the tone of is you don't have to be a certain pace or be running a certain frequency to work with a run coach. I think the most common case is you have a race goal and that can be anything from completing a race distance to a personal best time. But it could also be working with a coach to find a plan that works for you and your schedule to run consistently. So it's really someone who's going to help you achieve whatever running goal you have. And the main benefit is it's supposed to take the planning and the thought process out of it, especially if you're new, instead of having to research every element of how to train for something, you have someone working with you to say, hey, here's the plan I recommend. Let's adjust it as we go. I'm here to answer your questions. So you feel supported and then you just get to do the the fun part, I know not always fun, but mostly fun part of training and running um, with someone guiding you along the way.
0: And it sounds like it, it would be more individualized. So if you have a certain injury or mm-hmm. you hate strength training, but you love, I don't know, the megaformer machine, like things like that, like, yeah. like you'd be able to actually tailor it
1: to someone and their lifestyle. Yes, definitely. So I have done a lot of group coaching, which I also think is extremely beneficial because then you get the benefits of just talking to other people and you'll learn from them just like you would your coach. Um, But now I'm moving into more one-on-one virtual programming so that, as you said, will be completely tailored to your own needs. Schedule conflicts, injuries, preferences, those will all be taken into consideration. But I also think group programs, especially if you have one in person, can be extremely beneficial too.
0: Totally. I think that's it's interesting. What I didn't realize going into running was that it it seems like it would be an individualized experience, right? Like it seems like it would it seems like it would be a very solo sport and something you're kind of training for alone, because most people, if you're training for a race, like it's not that common that like all of your best friends are also, you know, training yeah. for a race. <laughs> So what I didn't realize going into it is there is such a community around running at every level. I posted one TikTok saying, I want to join one of these run clubs, but I can barely run a mile. Like it blew up. I started this run club where we were all doing the couch to 5k app together. And now it's a group of 10 of us and all of us have signed up for a race, whether it be a 5k, 10k, half, even full. And all of us are now like talking about running in such a different way than when we started but between that and then even on Run Talk and all of these different things, it's such a community. And if you, if you move to a new city even and join a club yeah. like Orphans or something, it's incredible how much community there is. And even like on, this, on a virtual group call, like there's wow. so many opportunities to make friends and connect on like a joint goal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I come from a background of running in high school and college, which was a team sport, even though it's individual. So to your point, it's a nice activity that as an adult, you can still get a bit of that team mentality and experience while doing something on your own that's working towards your own goals. And I feel like you don't get a lot of opportunities to do that as an adult. So it's a really nice way to be working towards something with other people. And to your point, meet new people. I've met so many people through running. It's such a great way to meet friends.
0: Right. Because it's still something that you can do on your own schedule. But if you want to join a run club mm-hmm. once a week and even miss it some weeks, like you can still make friends. It's not like a team yeah. sport where it's like practice every single day. You know what I mean? It's, it's still something you can do alone, but you find so many people. And I think there's such emotion just through watching my fiance go through it. Like He's a marathon runner and he has run several. And the emotion that I've seen through him and his friends that comes with, you know, you're training for six months to push your pace and then you get injured two weeks before, for example. That is such a heavy experience that most people can't relate to. But having that community around you of people who get it is an opportunity for connection and like a culture that I just didn't anticipate going into it. So if anyone is almost like feeling of, I think... For me, I was feeling this void of like so much of what I do, the success isn't measurable, if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So all of my career goals and everything are so long-term that it's like I, I needed something that was just for me in my personal life that I can gain confidence in being like, I did that. Like there's an end date. I half marathons on this date. I'm going to commit to this, show myself I can do it. And like, boom, I'm confident. You know what I mean? It, it's more... So it's like you're gaining so much more out of it than like pushing your pace. Like there's there's so much more to running than I than I realize. And I'm curious what's like before we get into the little training session we're gonna do, what's yeah. what's the main takeaway that you find from people who come to you at how I was months ago, like absolutely square zero? Like I don't run. And then they run a race, or they just accomplish their goal of like, I want to be able to run three miles in a in a few months or whatever it is. Like what's the main takeaway that you hear, because I'm sure it's so rewarding for you when you hear those takeaways? like what's what's the common positives?
1: I think the main one is just realizing you can do something you didn't think you could do, which I know is commonly talked about. But again, it's just it's so rare that as adults, we really put ourselves out there to try new things and have goals to work towards. So when you start doing something that you're not good at, and you're trying for the first time, that's such a scary experience. And then to ultimately be able to achieve this huge goal, it just gives you this sense of confidence in other parts of your life um, and really just sparks joy, rejuvenates yourself, you know, like makes you feel empowered to do other hard things because you just accomplished this goal. Um, And I think that's absolutely the most rewarding part of coaching too, is seeing that.
0: It's so cool. And I think what I, another thing that's amazing about if you are someone who wants to start running is the training plans are so perfectly laid out to you and so accessible. You can literally look on Google Images. You can go on Nike Run Club. Like there's so yeah. many apps and free training plans where all you have to do is read what's on Wednesday and do it. You know what I mean? Like it's Nike Run Club. I was being coached in my ears every single day and I just followed the next one. And so it's it's just so accessible and can be totally free. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it gives you so much more than you realize than just like fitness. So, okay. I'm running my first race this weekend. Yes. I'm, to be honest, like been fully distracted. I got sick during the week I was supposed to like run the most I've ever ran. And I was supposed to run like 12 or something on my plan. I've run 10 miles three times. So I think mm-hmm. I'll be okay. Yep. It's, like the adrenaline and everything of the race day. And then this week was entirely distracted by, by my engagement, yeah. <laughs> um, like drank when I wasn't going to drink, but whatever. I am so excited, but also so – like I'm leaving tomorrow, and I don't know. I just got the most overwhelming email of all time. It's like the yeah. instruction for the three different races that weekend. And I'm like, wait, okay, what time? Where am I supposed to be? <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's all very confusing. It's like, wait, I'm waking up at 4. I'm not going to be hungry. Am I really supposed to eat? Like there's so many – little things to prepare for where do you start what are your race day tips like someone comes to you overwhelmed like I am right now where do we start
1: (laughs) yes that's why we're doing our pep talks. so you're gonna be feeling great going into the half so I would say to back up a tiny bit like the week of um and the couple days leading up to the race which you're at at two days out is definitely a focus on rest hydration fueling, and figuring out logistics. So especially that week in terms of fueling, sticking to foods that you're really familiar with and comfortable with. So foods you know you'll digest well, you've eaten them the night before, a long run before, whatever that is for you, stick with that. And then hydrating with both water and electrolytes so you can retain that hydration so you're feeling really good headed into race day the final week there's nothing you're really doing training wise that's going to boost your fitness so it's all just about kind of more resting your body some shakeout runs here and there um so that's kind of leading into the race and then planning out logistics so that is the best thing you can do now to help yourself out is make sure you feel confident with the re- logistics for race day which is what we'll go through now because I know it is so much so I know you brought up the eating so we can kind of start there so one of my biggest tips is having a plan for when and what you're going to eat on race day before the race and during the race if you're fueling. It is going to be early when you wake up, so that is just kind of something that happens with race days, but making sure that, again, you eat a familiar breakfast. Everyone's a little different with how long they need to digest, so I know for me, I try to eat something a little bit larger, like my main breakfast, an hour and a half to two hours before the race. So for me, that's usually a bagel with peanut butter, done oatmeal before, people will do banana and toast, something like that, that's going to sit well, but whatever you've eaten before your long runs is best. And then closer to the race, again, if you know your stomach can handle this, this is all about personalizing it to you between 30 to 15 minutes out from the race having something smaller. So maybe that's banana, half of a banana. Sometimes I'll take like a running gel about 15 minutes before they make little waffles. But again, really sticking to what works for you. So number one rule of race day is nothing new.
0: That's a really good tip. But when you say nothing new, it makes me think, so I haven't really experienced with like goose or chews Definitely not choose, so I won't be doing that. Yeah. I once had the Huma like mango chia gel with no caffeine in it, and I felt yep. fine. Okay. So I'm thinking of doing that, but I haven't really experienced it with, with it. And so I mean experimented with it. I have like two questions on this. One is just yeah. in general, when would you recommend and how would you recommend people start testing that stuff out? Cause that was something that really confused me. And then yeah. the second question we can get into just like more personal to me is
1: what do I do? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we can definitely talk about that. So I'll <laughs> backtrack with a little story because I used to not think that I needed to fuel during races, at least for half marathons. I was kind of like, I'll be fine. You know, I can run that distance. When I ran the Philly half, I had actually run another half marathon six days before I got an opportunity to do it. So I took it completely hit the wall during this half and felt terrible. Like I had trained for it, but I just was drained of all energy. And one of my coworkers was like, you should really fuel during your race. You know, it's not a revolutionary concept. So during the Philly half, I took one Huma gel and it saved me. And I ended up PRing in that race. This feels like a sign. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So it really can make a difference. But again, it's, It's a hard thing because ideally you practice it during your long run. So that's part of your training is practicing with fuel. So I will say in general, yes, fuel will make you feel better. But if you're going to be really nervous about something you haven't tried, it's kind of weighing like, do you want potentially to have a little less energy or do you want to be worried about stomach issues because of something you're not used to. So I would say for someone who's at the point, who's like doing a half marathon, they haven't practiced with fuel. I would almost lean towards not taking some and know that that is something you can improve upon for next time and really focus on water and whatever electrolytes they have on course. Um, If you want to give it a go, you certainly can, but that's what I would say is like, maybe not if you haven't practiced it. But if you're if you liked the huma gel during the time you took it, I do think it'll make a difference. So for a half, I would say taking it anywhere between if you're taking one like mile six to eight, and okay. basically what those fuels are doing is replenishing your energy stores because if you're out there for long enough, you're going to deplete the energy that is available to you. You will be able to keep going, but you won't feel your best is the way I would describe it. Um, And then the other tip I would have with the fuel is time it with a hydration station because you want to be able to take water right afterwards or with it to help it get down okay. So for you, I know Philly half has stops around every two miles. So just kind of time it like you know mile seven and a half if the water stops at mile eight kind of thing, start getting it down um, and then just take it really slowly. It doesn't have to be all one big slurp down, if that right. makes sense. Um, but again, with nutrition, like this is kind of general advice and advice based on what you've said, but I would say anyone who is thinking about doing them themselves, this themselves should talk to someone to figure out like what works best for them.
0: Yeah, I think because I'm intentionally not gonna test with anything that has caffeine in it because yeah. i feel like that's aggressive on your stomach or it could be fine but because i haven't tested that out i'm i don't need to like poop my pants on the race so i'm yeah. avoiding that <laughs> but i have already tested the just basic like mango and chia seed whatever it yeah. was so I think I'll just do that because I already know it sits well with me. Now I'm realizing I don't even know if I have another one of that exact one. So we'll see. <laughs> but I think that's really good advice, like not testing with anything aggressive and new on race day. But yeah, and that was a good explanation. I didn't really understand the purpose of a of a goo, So that makes a lot of sense. So, OK, so you said two days out, hydration. Yep, I'm assuming like stretching.
1: Yeah. Anything to kind of help keep you loose. I definitely, I personally love a short shakeout run the day before. So that can be 10 to 30 minutes, really nice and easy. You just want to get your muscles loosened up. Um, Any dynamic stretching is really great. And then of course, foam rolling, or if you like to use a massage tool or something like that, all of that is good. Um, And then the other thing with these big race weekends is, you know, you'll go to the expo to pick up your packet and there's a lot of excitement and events, but do your best to stay off your feet beforehand as much as you can, because you don't want to waste that energy going into race day or have your legs be tired from walking around. Um, so definitely do what you got to do to get your stuff together, and then try to rest. It's a good day to just sit in bed and watch TV. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you would say on actual race day, first of all, I'm curious your tips on people who aren't used to waking up at 4 a.m. and eating and having to run. Like the routine. I mean, yeah. ideally, I guess you practice the routine, but the the routine I would assume is not normal for most people.
1: Yeah.
0: So how do you kind of, what are your tips on kind of adjusting that morning and not feeling thrown off by it and not, it's like, do you force the food down when you planned to eat the food or do you wait till you're not that nauseous? Do you recommend doing the same thing in terms of like coffee and whatnot that you would on a normal run day? All of that kind of stuff. Like how would you suggest someone adjust to that routine the morning of?
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Race morning always feels a bit jarring. And I think that's very normal. Like you will wake up and it'll feel a little weird because you're waking up much earlier than you're used to. At the same time, you're also going to feel some adrenaline start to come in, excitement, nervousness. So there's a lot of different emotions at play, I would say. Um, I think it's helpful to either in your phone or write it down, kind of come up with a schedule for yourself because when you're waking up and you're tired, it's the fewer decisions you have to make, the better. So, have an ideal plan of when you ideally want to eat, when you ideally want to head to the start, all that kind of stuff. If you wake up and you're feeling nauseous and not very hungry, that is very normal as well. I would say start with hydrating, get some water in, give yourself a tiny bit of time. But ultimately you do want to fuel enough to feel your best during this race. So I wouldn't force anything down if you're feeling really, really sick, but ideally you do need to eat breakfast. So just take it slow, give yourself plenty of time to get through it. If you don't feel like you can eat a whole bagel right now, at least eat half. You can take the other half with you as you start going to the start. Maybe you'll start to feel a little hungrier as you go, um, but focus on getting what you can in you and just take your time if you can.
0: And then are you, I mean, I know you specifically ran the Philly half. So are you like waiting around for hours before you even run? Cause I know like for the New York city marathon, people were waking up at four and not running till 11. Like, is is
1: that typical of a half as well? It'll really depend on the race. You'll have a much, much easier time at the Philly half than something like New York. I would say New York is pretty notorious for being the longest wait time. So you won't have anything like that, but you should get there early enough to warm up, go to the bathroom, check your bag if you're doing that, which we can talk about too. Um, and then you'll want to look up a lot of times races, depending on the size, they'll have different corrals they'll put you in, which is basically just your groupings, usually based on your anticipated finish time that you submit when you register.
0: I When I registered, like barely ran a mile in my life. So I made it so, I think I made it like <laughs> two to three minutes longer than I actually, than my pace really is now. <laughs>
1: And that's okay. That is totally fine. Like things will spread out. And Philly is a really good size race where there'll be a lot of people around, but it's not overwhelming. You know, like it's still easy to locate where you need to be. And I do think the race will spread out enough that you will be fine even if you're passing people because of a difference in speed. Um, But definitely look up what time. I was looking at the Philly website. I don't know if they had it listed, but what time you need to be in your corral because sometimes they'll close off that grouping. So maybe the race starts at seven and your corral closes at six 30. So then I would say like typically getting to the start area for your average race, like an hour before your corral cro- closes at a minimum. And again, just depending on the size of the race, that time might expand, but that's like a good starting point. So if your corral closes at six 30, I recommend getting there at five 30. I know it's early, but you'll want to make sure you have time to do everything. So you're not rushing around and wasting energy before you start.
0: Yeah. I think my, my plan is like, okay, tonight pack what I need to pack, get my stuff yep. together. And then on the, the train tomorrow to Philly, I think I have hours on the train. So I think that's when I'm going to like dissect the, the email yeah. I got very confusing. like. I have no clue what time I have to be there or anything. It was really confusing. So I think that on the train ride is when I'm going to kind of do what you said, which is like try to schedule out your morning. Yeah. And I personally, even just in my regular morning routine, I need a lot of buffer time. Like yep. I wake up <laughs> at 6 and I don't work out till 8, 8.30. Like I need time to caffeinate, ease into the day, things like that. So God knows when I'm going to wake it up at like 2 a.m. Uh, do you have any tips for a good sleep the night before? I'm sure it's like mm. anxiety and ah, I have to wake up
1: soon and you're in a yeah sometimes in a hotel. Yes, I would say number one tip is don't panic. Don't overthink it. The night before a race is really, really tough because you're worried about waking up. You're thinking about the race. So my best tip is even if you can't fall asleep, just lie there with your eyes closed. You'll at least be resting your body. If you can get better sleep in the week and the weeks leading up to the race, that is great. I know. I and then you
0: proposed, and I haven't slept once.
1: Which <laughs> yeah. and it was like, I was like, really? <laughs> well, I think that in that case, it's also like, reframe things to make yourself feel good. confident. So you have been enjoying your time with family and friends. You haven't had time to stress out about the race or hyper focus on it. So you're feeling good, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So reframe those things. And number one tip for the night before is don't panic if you don't get a lot of sleep, because that's just going to make it worse at that point, if you're really worried about it. So just do what you can. Um, and I would say, if possible, try to wind down as early as you can, even if it's something like eight, nine o'clock. So have an early dinner, start to wind down. And then the day before, definitely lay out everything you need. A lot of times I'll even put on my outfit for race day the day before just to make sure I have absolutely everything, have it all out there and ready to go for the morning.
0: And do you like a running belt or like, because I typically... Mm -hmm. There's like so many little things like making sure your headphones are charged. And I'm like, I think I want to yeah. bring my AirPods case because if they die, I can like charge them in the case. Do you, I know it's a personal preference, but do you yeah. usually run with like a running belt or just like really deep pockets in your leggings
1: or shorts? So for my regular runs, I do use a running belt, but race day, I typically don't carry as much. I'll bring my gels and that's kind of it. Um, so I will just use the pockets in whenever I'm wearing, but again, whatever you've used, if you have a running belt, you love, and I will say a tip with headphones that I would recommend is I personally like to wait till at least like halfway through the race to turn them on and you can do something different, but that is a tip I give to everyone is even if it's like you start them two miles in or three miles in, because there is just so much Great energy at the start of the race, that it's really fun to be a part of that. You're going to have a lot of adrenaline at the start. So that's going to naturally carry you through. Then it's like a really nice thing when you're like, okay, now I'm in a spot where I'm not feeling as good, but amazing. I can turn on my favorite playlist and this is like a new thing I can do to help myself. So again, everyone does not have to take my advice, do what works, but that would be my recommendation. That
0: is a good strategy. I personally, and I need to, I I have a feeling the headphones are going to be an issue, but I, (laughs) maybe not because it'll be like two hours and I feel like they could last. I have been running with the Nike Run Club and there's a half marathon run at the end of the plan where they actually like, so I really want to use it because I think it'll just be like exciting, inspiring, all the things. So I'm going to try and I think I'm just going to bring my case with me because it's light enough. And if I have to charge them up for 20 minutes, then they'll be in the charging case. So that's kind of my plan. But I wanted to ask you also, well, I guess staying on this note, any other tips for, I feel like you're just going to say what you've been running with, but any little hacks or tips for what material or whatever you want to be wearing for race day, it's going to be in Philly. It'll probably be, it's actually supposed to be rainy at this point, like rainy and cold. So okay. like any tips you have in terms of it's a, it's a cold race day, but mm-hmm. by mile 13, you're probably sweating. So any little hacks you have for like finding the right outfit? Yes.
1: So when I look at the weather, look at the time you'll actually be running. And then I would add 10 to 15 degrees to that, to, to try to think about how you'll actually feel when you are running Um, so it is okay. If before you start running, you feel a little chilly, you know, because you will warm up and account for it feeling 10 to 15 degrees warmer than it is because you're running and moving. I would recommend if it's a cold day, have throwaway clothes is what they're called. Yeah. So wearing something till the last second you can, an old pair of sweatpants, a sweatshirt. And then if you toss that to the side, it'll all be donated. Um, So having something you're okay with giving away that will help keep your muscles warm. And if you're shaking and shivering again, that's energy that you're using. Um, And then also using a gear check bag and that'll be stuff you can access at the finish. So I would also put dry clothes in there and a dry pair of socks because your feet, you'll really want like something fresh on your feet. So if you can't bring a whole extra pair of shoes or recovery sandals, I would at least bring a dry pair of socks. That'll feel really good at the end.
0: Especially if it's going to rain. I feel like that's a really good tip. Have a totally new pair of clothes. Okay. What if it's going to, it seems like it's going to rain. And I'm like, do I wear my little like rain jacket that I've been wearing on rainy runs? But what if I get hot? Like it's, it's so hard to figure out
1: what to do. I would say it depends on how much it's raining. And I know it's always frustrating when it's like, it depends on this. It's up to you kind of thing. But So if it's just drizzling, I would say, again, I personally would just run in not the jacket. Um, But if it's really raining, a jacket will most likely make you feel more comfortable. And I definitely recommend if you have a running hat you like, wear that because then you'll get the coverage from your face. Um, and then usually those those running jackets, a lot of times they're pretty packable. So I would just think in your head, like, okay, if I wanted to take it off, like, is there a way I could tie it around my waist or something or like scrunch it up and put it in a pocket that I could then continue on easily?
0: Right. Yeah. I think I'm going to do, uh, as we're thinking about it, I'm thinking like t-shirt, leggings, running hat in case it rains. Yeah. That's my plan. Because I don't yep. think it's going to pour, but I have to check again.
1: Yeah. And then... Um, if you have it, lots of like an anti-chafe stick or body glide, something like that, especially if it's raining, like sports bra lines, shorts or legging lines, all that. Just put that on beforehand, too, because when it's raining, you're more likely to chafe. And same with your feet, too. A lot of times that can just prevent blisters and chafing.
0: So I haven't had Any issues with that except the one day I did 10 miles in the pouring rain and I had like scabs on my thighs because I was in biker shorts. Yeah. (laughs) So that was the only time I experienced that. I don't know if I just, I probably haven't gone on a long enough run for it to get really bad, but it's true. And the rain was like the only time I was, holy shit, I've never experienced that before. (laughs) So lastly, before we close out, I'm curious just any like mindset mental block tips for race day. You're hitting a, either you're hitting a wall or you're like, you know, this isn't going as planned or why aren't I feeling better? And you kind of get in your head and make it worse. Do you have any mental mindset tips for race day?
1: Yes. Um, so I'll kind of take through, like, I would say split the race for your half marathon into three chunks. So start of the race Focus on finding your rhythm, getting comfortable. Um, So that is one tip I have for the beginning of the race to set yourself up for success. Either have a goal pace or a goal kind of target feeling for the first three miles to make sure that you don't go out too fast. Because again, there's so much excitement and energy at the beginning of the race, which is fantastic. But a very common mistake is you'll end up going out too fast. And even if you don't have a time goal in mind, which is great, first half, like goal is to finish it feeling good, at least have a reminder to yourself, like, I want to feel comfortable at the start. I want to feel settled. I want this to feel like a regular long run. So then when you're starting out, you're not going too quickly. And then, you know, mile 10, you're not feeling as good. So that's what I would say focus for like mile zero through five through, um, yeah, that first kind of third of the race, if you will, then like miles five or six through 10, that's usually where you want to find a rhythm, but things can get a little more difficult. And I know for Philly, there are more rolling hills in that second half of the race. Um, so I do find having some sort of mantra can really help stay strong, power up this hill, Um, consistent effort, those kind of things. And that middle chunk of the race is a lot about getting through little bumps in the road, whether that's an actual hill or a time where you're not feeling as good. Um, So have an idea of your mind of what you're going to tell yourself when things get a little tough. Um, So it could be a mantra. I also like to tell people to think of a really hard run you got through during your training. So Not the workout that went perfectly, but the workout that you didn't feel as good or something went wrong, but you still did it. That's a lot of what training is, is building that confidence. I've
0: been calling that in my head, like building evidence. So anytime I've gone for a run when I didn't want to or felt like shit or was hungover or in the beginning thought that it was going to be a rough run and by the end of it was in a flow, like I called all of those things I'm just like garnering evidence to whip out on race day.
1: Yes, that's perfect. And again, that's so much of what training is. Like, yes, it's physically doing the miles, but it's prepping yourself for knowing that you can overcome things that might not go perfectly on race day because no race is perfect. There are going to be spots that feel tough. One other call out for that middle section, I actually really like something you said on, I think it was one of your podcasts or videos about, even if something feels bad right now, it's not necessarily going to feel bad the whole rest of the time. So like doing what you can to get out of that little moment, walk for a little bit, throw in a little surge, like whatever you need to do. And then that last section
0: for me, because because I forgot I said that. And that's so true. In the moment, you're like, oh my God, it's only mile, whatever. And I'm already having a hard time. But when I pushed through it, I would realize like a mile later, like all of a sudden I'm cruising, a good song came on, I, yep. you know, like, all of a sudden it got better. So it's just yeah. reminding yourself in those tough moments, like it doesn't mean the rest of this race is going to be tough. It It's going to ebb and flow. You might be going uphill and it's awful, but then the downhill comes and you're having the time of your life. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Run the mile you're in. Like you said, don't get too ahead of yourself. Like focus on what you need to do now. And my last two tips before I get to the end of the race, and sorry, I know I could just talk about this forever, but. <laughs> please,
0: please, please, I need it.
1: <laughs> middle of the race, two other things I would say beyond mental stop is have a plan for the hydration stops. So no, like I know for me, I typically take at least a little water and the Gatorade or electrolytes or whatever they have at every single stop. So know in your head if you're going to do that. And even just taking some small sips can really help. So have a plan for how you're going to navigate that. What would a plan to
0: navigate that look like? Like I have a tiny bladder. Should I not be taking all the, like too much hydration? Like what, (laughs) like, like how do you come up with your personal plan for it?
1: Yes. So I think it's through experimentation and training too. But I will say if it helps people not feel as nervous that they're going to have to pee is when you're running, your body is focusing on sending all the blood to your legs and the muscles that are working, and it's not sending as much blood towards your other organs and digestive functions, which is why sometimes like you have to be careful with fuel that you can still digest it properly while the focus is on your other muscles. But for hydration, that is typically not as much of an issue. Um, but of course everyone's different. There's going to be porta a pots along the way. Like if something, if you do need to use the restroom, Um, But I think even taking small sips. So what I would recommend to everybody as a general tip is just um, when you see an aid station, try to go for one of the nearest water cups, grab a cup in your hand, kind of pinch it, take some small sips. Some people like to stop and walk, or you can keep slowly running, and then throw the cup to the side. And also try to Those are the places in the race where it's going to be really congested, so kind of go to the side, get your water, then go back to the middle so you're not amongst the chaos of people grabbing cups. Um, And I would just take a little bit of water, throw it, then a little bit of the electrolytes and throw it. Don't feel like you need to finish the entire cup every single time, so just a little bit of hydration every stop.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, in the future, I'm going to have to start practicing this more, but like I said, my longest run's 10. So I haven't really had, I'm like a little like one track minded when I'm running and I haven't done a long enough run where I need to really think about changing that yet. But I'm kind of just like one track mindset. I literally just go and I don't stop for water or anything. So I'm going to have to start adjusting that. But so it's like, I don't want to change anything on race day, but also I need to hydrate. So I'm going to try to like. I think do what you said, which is like take a few sips each time and don't yeah. feel like, like chug everything that's being handed to you.
1: Exactly. Just a little bit of water will go a long way. And at the beginning, you will probably feel like, oh, I don't need this. I'm totally fine. But it's about setting yourself up for later right. in the race so your body doesn't feel dehydrated and um, like it doesn't have enough energy. Okay, I have to remember so. that. <laughs> yes. And then my other tip for the middle of the race would be with hills, focus on this is what I would say for someone, again, who your plan is like, I want to finish the race feeling good, focus on consistent energy. So you're keeping consistent energy along the flats. Then when you go up a hill, keep that consistent energy, your pace will probably be different, but keep that consistent effort up the hill and kind of carry that over the hill. So a lot of people, like when they get up to the hill, kind of be that pause as hard as it is, like just keep, just think consistent effort, consistent effort over the hill. That'll help your body kind of keep moving and get through to the downhill instead of that kind of stop at the top that it's then hard to get back into it.
0: Okay, great tip. So yeah. the, that's for the middle chunk. And then what would yes. you say the last chunk is like nine to 13 or?
1: Yeah, like 10 to 13, nine in that range. So once you get to 10 for you, I would say that's the moment where. You can also just kind of celebrate that every single step you take is going to be farther than you have run. And I know that can be scary, but it's also like you are actively doing the thing. So be so proud of yourself for that portion. This is another section that can be really, really difficult. So I think this is the time, as cheesy as it is, to remember why you're doing it, to remember the people who are supporting you, remember all the training you did, why you worked so hard, and use that to really carry you through those last few miles and know that they are tough, they are hard, but that's why you're doing this because you're proving to yourself that you can do the hard thing and you're actively doing the hard thing. Um, and then really, again, feel that race energy. Those last few miles, typically there'll be more spectators. So draw on that energy from the other runners and the spectators to carry you through the line and soak it in because you're finishing your half marathon.
0: Oh I can't wait for that. <laughs> I can't wait for that well thank you so much I mean I think my main takeaway here is like okay I'm a few days out I really need to start kicking up my hydration (laughs) so yeah recommend like just up your water intake take like I take element a lot
1: take an element
0: a day just yeah even
1: even two a day is great and night before I would take one the night before and if you can get one down in the morning if that's something you're used to I've been doing that yeah okay cool yep But really focus is like getting it in beforehand so you feel good during the race.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so, so much. This was the most helpful thing ever. I'm going to skip the ending segment just because this is is like a running spectacular episode and this is (laughs) what I wanted to spend the whole time talking about. So thank you so, so much. I'm so excited and I know you offered, we're doing a giveaway that I'll put in the intro of what was it three months
1: three months of free one-on-one coaching
0: so we're going to do a giveaway you guys can enter to get three months of one-on-one coaching i put it in the intro already and we also have a link for if you mention the podcast you'll receive 25 percent off your first three months on -on one-on-one virtual run training so i'll put that all in the description below and thank you so much
1: where can everyone find you um i'm at peppy steps on instagram and tiktok amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jen. You've got this. Good luck.
0: Hey, it's Jen and welcome back to our community. This podcast is where we're getting real about wellness rituals, life-changing habits, and having relatable conversations with friends about mental health, social media, morning routines, or lack thereof. And we're talking about that thing that you thought no one else could relate to. Let's get into
1: it.